Hey, welcome to the Liquid Lounge. Aaron Silverman here, president of Media Gel, with my partner here, Jake Litke, our CEO and leader. We decided to have our, our attorney and general counsel, Jonathan Black, interview us today. So we felt nothing was more appropriate than to make sure that our legal counsel was the one to ask the questions <laughs> and make sure that we weren't breaking any rules or crossing any lines. And as usual here in the Liquid Lounge, Jonathan may or may not like this, but we always like to pour ourselves a little bourbon. So we don't usually ask whether or not you like it. We just kind of pour it and you can enjoy it or not enjoy it. Someone will definitely drink it. But nonetheless, it's a way we keep things fluid, as they would say in the Liquid Lounge. That fluidity is, uh, yeah. as an attorney's... So uh, cheers. Attorney's kryptonite. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Thank you. And I love how you didn't drink that. <laughs> so that was yeah. awesome. So anyway, we'll get down to the questions as soon as you're ready. I am ready. All right, cool. I am ready. You ready? Perfect. So tell me a little bit about Media Gel, how it came about, and how you guys teamed up to, to do what you're doing. Doctor. Doctor? Doctor. Can I go first? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, you know, we are an advertising platform agency, kind of uh, both things, right? So you have agencies that work purely as professional services. They'll do creative services and media buying. Uh, we do that, but we also have a lot of advertising technology that we have licensed and also that we are building ourselves. So we're able to take advantage of a dozen different ad platforms and data management platforms to provide like the highest level of targeting possible for our clients so they don't waste their money reaching the right customers. And what are you guys looking for in clients? You know, when someone, if you had your prototypical client, what would you be looking for in, in a client? That's a good question. Um, Cannabis clients, kind of fun for us because we're real good at what we do and especially working with new businesses, startup businesses, but also businesses that are really trying to build their brands and put their brands and messages in front of their target audiences. And that's what we're really good at. And I say cannabis because it's an industry that's grossly underserved uh, when it comes to mainstream audiences and advanced ad technology. You know, we've got some ways of doing things that help cannabis brands and businesses put those messages and their brands in front of their targeted audiences in ways that are not billboards and benches. Now, do clients typically come to you guys with an idea or do they come to you and say, I have no idea, but here's my here's my goal? How, how does that yeah. work for a client approaching Media Gel and, and talking with you guys about that? Yeah, a lot. I'll let you answer the second part of this, but a lot of them aren't sophisticated enough from they're coming to us to ask us for these things because quite frankly, they're, they're not aware that these services are available to them yet. It's pretty new what we're doing, but also we're new to them. And as they learn about us, they understand and appreciate what it is we can do to help them build their businesses and brands. But there's more, um, more of us going to them and finding them, whether it be at conventions or proactively looking for them to say, hey, listen, here's how we can help you achieve your goals. You know, that you've, you know we already know what they are. And so letting them know what it is we do, what we can do to help them drive revenue and you know, learn about their customers and, and grow their brand uh, becomes exciting to them when they realize that, again, once they don't have to rely on just billboards, park benches, buses, things like that. Yeah, so you know, we're able to do, as I mentioned earlier, we're able to do things like uh, identify where consumers have been, uh, and and then and target advertisements directly to those consumers. And you know, we've been talking about cannabis brands. We work with cannabis brands. We work with non-cannabis brands. Um, and in some cases, you know, we're working with large beverage companies that have 
traditionally, you know, been selling coconut water and iced tea that are moving into CBD products, which are federally legal and don't have any of the sort of state complications that some cannabis companies do. Uh, and so we're seeing uh, those two markets come together, especially on the, you know, like beverage CPG uh, side of things. And so the companies that have been in business for a long time doing CPG products, they know what they want to do, and then we help them do that more efficiently. And then on the cannabis side, as I said, you know, the, the cannabis companies have been restricted from doing any advertising at all uh, with any kind of uh, national platform. And many of them don't even know that it is possible. And it is possible today. There are, there, the market's opening up. There's a lot of publishers that are accepting cannabis brands. And um, it's exciting to help these people that have really had no marketing tools at their disposal actually, actually uh, get their message out. You guys are kind of like the unknown, unimaginable idea out there. That's that's fantastic. So how do you get that message out besides doing interviews uh, like this? Obviously, I mean, what? Yeah. How do you how do you streamline that? Because you know a lot of your clients that are coming in the door probably didn't know of one your existence and the capabilities that you had until they got here, and it probably blew their mind to an extent. How do you get in front of those people? How do you get to them? What do you what are you doing? Well, a lot of the traditional sales efforts about going out and generating leads and attending events and you know talking to folks and doing the things that you would do in any other industry or you know the, some of the, some of the similar and same things that we're doing. Fortunately, we're not a one-trick pony. Meaning, you know what we what we're the best and coolest at, in my opinion, isn't the only thing we do. So you know we're also very strong in SEO. We're very strong in e-commerce. We have a lot of other things that we're able to do that get conversations started that allow us to introduce other tools and other techniques and other things that we're able to do to help you in ways that you weren't aware of yet. So rather than come at you know, a lot of our customers and clients with you know, a way of doing things or tools that we have that they might not even understand, talking to them about things that they're already familiar with, that they're already doing that aren't working and showing them ways that we can improve upon that, um, those are really good ways to get conversations started and allow us to start introducing things that might be unfamiliar or normally intimidating that allow us to kind of break those down and say, hey, listen, we understand these are your goals. We know you're doing these things right now. We can help you do a better job of those things. And on top of that, we've got all this other really cool stuff that we can do that you probably haven't even been thinking of. And that tends to work out and tends to be a you know, pretty smooth process when it comes to you know, lead generation and lead conversion and then you know, client maintenance. Building trust through yeah. results ends yeah. up allowing no, you to open your toolbox. This if what we're doing isn't working. Right. And, and just showing up at the table. Right. So, you know, we we are we work with cannabis brands, but we're not uh, only a cannabis company, but we we like to just say we'll work with anyone. Right. So we don't have those restrictions. And you know, we will go to a show like the New West Summit in Oakland where we we did interviews like this. We brought we had a booth, we had a big presence um, and we just made the statement that we are willing to work with, you know, any forthright company that wants to do business, right? It's legal here and we're not gonna shut our doors to them. And just, I think doing that and being open and honest about it is, is helped a lot. Yeah, not fantastic. to mention there's other opportunities, cannabis and non-cannabis where we really believe in the product, the brand, the message, the opportunity, the campaign itself and recognize that that client might have a limited budget that might prevent them or be prohibitive when it comes to having a successful campaign and knowing that there's certain things that we can do and that we're capable of doing in order to make that campaign successful, we'll ride the lightning with them. 
uh, put our money where our mouth is in a sense and participate in the success of the campaign and you know be rewarded only if the campaign is successful versus you know hey you know spend your money if it does or doesn't work that's not our problem we did our best and provided a service so we have some unique ways of working with our clients that allow us to leverage our excitement, our enthusiasm, and what it is they have to offer and what we can do to help them become successful. Right. It's kind of amazing. We were actually talking before we came out here uh, about kind of the industry and how it was. And we're joking around. I think someone said Don Draper, but back in the 50s, <laughs> Madison Avenue right. and, yeah, yeah. and what it was. And, and you really had, and, and you were, you know, Jake was talking about the evolution of this, which was kind of amazing because I, I I know about the 50s and I kind of know about what you guys are doing and I know what the market looks like outside of you guys to an extent. And so, you know, it was kind of amazing that you were telling, you know, me about, you know, your CMOs and, and how they've kind of unfortunately hurt some of the things that you guys and companies that were on Madison Avenue can do. And, and it would appear to me that you guys are kind of primed to bring back some of that, you know, not only from a creative side, but also from an ad placement side, yeah. doing, doing the whole gambit, running the whole gambit for a company uh, instead well, of doing one size fits all or self help like yeah. you were describing. Anyways, could you talk a little bit? Yeah. About the so market? what I was saying there, and I, I don't think that the, you know, the office of the CMO has gained in power a lot over the last decade, um, and that doesn't. That's not always a bad thing, right? If you have an amazing CMO, that's going to be amazing for you. Uh, but what I was was what I was talking about earlier is is that because a lot of the decision making has been concentrated into the office of the CMO because there's all of these tools available to CMOs is, is a sort of semi-self-managed service, right? You can pick you know, who your creative agency is, who you're gonna do, your uh, audiences, your PR, your video media buying, your display advertising. Uh, because CMOs have those tools at their ability, if your organization chooses to instill all of that power into the office of the CMO, then you have a, if they're amazing, they're amazing. If they're not, it's not, right? And so, you know, when we talked about the olden days of Madison Avenue where you'd have a brand would come in, you know, the, the executives of that brand would come in and, and talk to an agency, you'd have a, a big table of people together, right? You know, five people on one side, another five people on the other. Everyone brought, you know, their A players together and you had this round table of uh, intellectuals figuring out a way to communicate their uh, brand identity. And, and now what you have in a lot of organizations is one person with tools that they have chosen or been sold um, making that decision, right? And so uh, it can be great or not great. <laughs> <laughs> right. So how do, how do you present for a customer, you know, you know, I know you guys have to deal with stuff like, I have to, in, in, in the legal capacity, I get to deal with fun things like this where you have someone with a terrible idea, right? How do you work those communications to, to help someone kind of get out of their way to an extent by still, but, but still doing, still accomplishing their goals, but, but maybe the means in which you go is, is a little bit different than their expectations. How, how do you have those? Because there's a lot of tough conversation I'm sure you guys have to have from time to time with customers. Yeah. How, how do you work on that? I'm always curious about communication, especially from the top. You guys are the top of the company. You're having communications. You're telling people how to have communications in this company. What are you telling them to do in these circumstances? What are you doing in these circumstances in dealing with a customer that, that, that really does need some steering and guidance? Yeah. From the creative standpoint, it's, um, it's an interesting question because 
there's two ways that we work. You know, we often work with clients that, you know, provide us their own creative. And then there's a lot that don't have the creative resources in-house to be able to, you know, create that. So, you know, fortunately we do. And we're able to do those sort of things for them. But there's oftentimes when customers or, you know, clients will provide us with their creative, regardless of whether or not we feel it's strong or good or going to be effective or not, it's still their creative. And until we do something with it, and we have something to determine and measure whether or not it was successful or unsuccessful and how much of that was attributed to the creative, it's kind of, you know, it's their creative and it, it deserves a chance. And we don't know everything when it comes to the creative aspect of their business, but we may have our own professional opinion on things. So should we accept creative and run a campaign and have it not be successful? And it turns out that that might be one of the reasons we can offer creative resources in order to rerun a campaign and try it again at the same time if they don't have those creative resources, the last thing we want to have them do is um, go and try to develop creatives based on limited resources and produce something that's average at best and, you know, in effect, compromise the, the success of that campaign because of it. That's when we get really excited when we can jump in with our creative resources from a design standpoint, an idea standpoint, you know, a deployment standpoint, and put together some creative assets that are not only going to be really strong and effective for that campaign based on what it is we know they want to accomplish, but now we're able to provide them assets that they can use moving forward in their future efforts when it comes to marketing and branding, and we had something to do with it. So it's kind of like we get to put our DNA within their creative suite of tools that they might use for the near and you know forever future, which I think is pretty awesome. I do too. Yeah. I do too, because never, it never goes away. It never goes away. Right. Yeah, it's pretty right. awesome. Right. Yeah. Right. And the thing that you that we have to be aware of also though with the with the creative part is you know there's there's a lot of steps between I have a product that I want to you know get in front of consumers and have them buy and them buying it right and so there's what is you know to make the product you have to decide what color your box is going to be what image you're going to use you have to translate that into potentially a, a little banner that's like this big on your phone right and um, it's important to sort of not, um, or to, to try and be objective with the creative itself, right? And we sell all kinds of products that uh, that we ourselves might not individually buy. Like I don't have a dog. We work with the companies that, that sell dog treats, right? <laughs> so you know, I can look at an ad and say, well, I don't really like the color of that. But you have to be aware that I'm I'm not the target audience, right? right? And that's why we, you know, we make five creatives, make it in five colors, right? Run them all for a few days, see which one actually works best, um, and let the data do the work for you. Right. I think that's genius. And you were talking, and that, that's it's funny you just brought that up. That was my next question: is identifying consumers. And in fact, before we came out here, you're kind of talking about, you know, what age and, and location and interests and. How do you go about doing that from a marketing standpoint? Let's say you do have creative in place. You got a customer who has you know, either given you the creative or, or loves your creative mm -hmm. or however it is. Now you're going to market and they want a particular type of customer. How do you go about trying to identify that customer and get that ad, that creative in front of that customer? Right, so there, there's a lot of variables in, in, in an equation that is you know, many steps long. But the, we buy a lot of data. Uh, we buy data from people that um, know, you know, where people have been. We know potentially what people may have bought. And this is all, you know, opt-in data. It's privacy protected. 
Um, nobody knows based. nobody knows who individuals are, but in aggregate, you can say that you know people that live in this zip code are more likely to buy this type of product. That's sort of a high level thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of different things that you can choose, right? There's give the literally- dog Give the dog parking. Man. Right, so yeah, that's an easy one. So, you know, we have tools that will allow you to, you know, say, you know, draw a box on the dog park and say, I, I wanna serve ads to mobile phones that were in this dog park, right? Nobody knows who those people are. You just know that I can, the ad networks have sorted it out. So, you know, we can serve an ad to someone that was in that dog park. And so now I can serve dog treats to people that were in that dog park for the last six months. Um, or rather, to their devices, uh, not to them personally. And that's important because it, if you got dog biscuits, safe bet that if they're in a dog park, they're interested in dog biscuits. Right. The probability of sales right. goes up drastically. Yeah, we're not serving these ads yeah. to people in nail salons necessarily. <laughs> yeah. It's going to a targeted audience, right. and based on a look back period, we can you know put together a rather large audience over a period of time that makes that an effective marketing audience. Sorry, go ahead. I just no, no, that's right. Like but so love, like, we love your passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Jump right in. The water's yeah, warm. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know that's one tactic. There's a lot of other tactics. There, um, you know, there's purchase history data that's available. You know, people use their loyalty cards. Skew level um, data. Skew level data. You know, you can you can work off of um, what what individuals ha individuals have purchased. Um, there's a lot of different techniques that we can use. So uh, again. That comes down to creative. Like I said, we'd run five different banner ads. We'd use five different audiences. Maybe one of them, one of them is geospatial. You know, these are devices we've seen in this area. These are people that purchase this kind of thing. These are people that match some sort of demographic that we think is indicative uh, of that consumer. Um, and then we'll run all of those, right? So, and th that adds up quickly, right? Four times four times four. Now you're running 16 different light items for a given campaign, you run that for a handful of days or a week and you see which one of those is resonating well. Right. Um, so you're kind of filtering down into yeah. into a very yeah. select. Called optimizing. You know, we figure yeah. out what's working. So if you're spending X amount of dollars with those 16 ads over these different ways, you know, over a few days, then once we figure out what it is that's working, what's not working, we redirect budget over to the things that are so we're not wasting it on the things that are not. Right. And that's and that's all the way up to the click. Right? right, or the or the tap. You know, there's a whole another part of the optimization that happens where if you're doing something like e-commerce, like we work with companies that are you know selling stuff uh, online. So we're serving ads, we're um, sending consumers to a website where they get to look at things they may want to buy, uh, and then go to a cart page, and then go to a checkout page, and we have the ability to optimize our ad buying based on that last last mile piece, right? So let's take all the people that actually went to the purchase page and backtrack with all the properties that made up that journey. And then we can use that information with our ad buying and our bidding, this is in real time, to choose to bid on uh, ad impressions that are similar to other people that have purchased successfully. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Very complex. But, it's very, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. But yeah, thank you for keeping it, yeah, 10,000 foot view. But yeah, no, I mean, it's something that I can understand, you know, and attorneys are always marketing and so are doctors. Every business that sells something or has a consumer or, or service or product. It's a digital version of what was going on 30 years ago, which is still going on today, which is putting the sugary, crappy cereals on the lower part of the shelf so that the kids see them and ask for them, right. and the parents that can't say no, buy them. Right. Same thing. 
It's we're amazing just how the product that right in front of the eyeballs of the targeted market, which at that point happens to be an eight to ten year old kid with a sugary cereal like Captain Crunch, so I'll, they can see it. Although to be clear, we do not market to children. We do not market to children. There's a thing called children. Copa. Yeah. We do but not sell cereal to children. <laughs> yeah. It's analogous, <laughs> but maybe not uh, hey, a, a listen, complete. There's a right. reason that the right. toothpaste isn't down on that same aisle. Right. It should be. Right. Kid, it should be, yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's all a matter of perception. Yeah. So out of all the opportunities that you guys had, what brought you here? What 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 clicked that said, hey, I want to be part of Media Jail. I want to make it into what it's become. And, and I do want to talk to you about where it's going, but sure. in, in, into what it's become. What, what you know, Aaron, what brought you here? What well, was what was the, what was a kick in the pants, so to speak, to get you in here? Um, good way to put it. Um, so I'm a cannabis and marketing guy, and Jake's an advertising and technology guy, and I was building a product for the cannabis space. It was an app, and it got to a point where it was I was over my skis when it came to the technical side of things, and I needed to find someone that could not only speak tech and help me, you know, finish that part up, but understood the layman's way of things and could also work with me and interpret. And, you know, I got introduced to Jake and he was doing some data projects at the time and advertising and mobile and all the things that I didn't know or understand, but I knew I needed. And we started working together on that particular product. And it wasn't long before he saw what was going on or not going on in cannabis. And mostly said, hey, not going on. Mostly not going on yeah. and said, hey, yo, listen, there's a huge void here in your industry that nobody is serving here. And uh, we should really do something about that. And we had a conversation and said, look, you know, let's figure that problem out, come up with that solution and create a company that can go and, you know, meet the demands of that, you know, that opportunity. And that's where MediaJet was born. We figured out, you know, how there was mainstream audiences, mainstream audiences that needed to be served with advanced ad tech that he was familiar with. And we could help bring the community together under that. And that's what we did. We started Media Gel, and now we're able to do some pretty cool stuff in a in an industry that is pretty awesome. Right. Along right. with non-cannabis businesses too, but because it works for everybody else, we just found a way to make it work for cannabis. Right. Right. Well, you can create a system out of the chaos. Yeah. It's something well, that can be applied a lot of, over different industries. There's just industries. a tremendous opportunity right. that we recognized, we saw it, and we decided to figure out a way to go, you know, gobble it up. Shorten your runway to get into there. Well, I mean, just not not including cannabis companies made us a leader within that market space right, right. it just so it was uh, it, was, it was an easy decision right. yeah no I, I it's, think ad, it's advertising and cannabis probably the two coolest things you could put together in the form of business in our opinion right i mean that's what we right. do every but, day but it wasn't mean touched it wasn't mean serviced people weren't nope. people weren't running towards it in fact they were probably running away you know they were saying yeah. we're marketing companies if we touch that we may lose business correct and you said hey there's my opportunity let me run full steam ahead into this direction and then i instead of going their way i can come back around and pick up those clients yeah where do you guys see the company going uh in the short future, I know that you guys have really expanded fast. Uh, every time I come in here, it seems like there's more and more people working here. There seems to be more people so, all the time. Actually, I'm always impressed. The website keeps growing. Well, we're and expanding growing. that on, way. On Monday, we're knocking that wall out behind you and taking over another 2,000 square feet. So how's that for growing? Yeah, yeah. Can't grow fast enough. You're gonna have the whole building in a heartbeat. Yeah. So where do you guys see the company company going here over the next months, maybe even year? Yeah. I mean, Why don't you answer that, Mr. Uh, Sure. <laughs> That's a doctor. Do you? Doctor. No, I'm not a doctor. Um, 
But uh, <laughs> I just play one on TV. I just, on, <laughs> I just on, stayed at a Holiday Inn last night, so I'm good enough. Say 15. One of my, my favorite. That, by the way, that's one of my favorite it's campaigns a great campaign. ever. Ever. Brilliant. Ever. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Uh, you know, we're we're growing in, in a few different directions. We're we've been spending a lot of time on, and we'll be releasing in the next quarter uh, the software that we've been developing, which is our dashboard that brings all of the pieces together that we're helping our customers with today in a, in a managed service dashboard so they can have access to their own reporting, make their own um, business decisions based on the insights that we provide. And we have an AI product we've been working on for six months that uh, will be coming out shortly. That's a, it's a chat bot that allows, um, allows people new to cannabis to uh, get, in, get advice on, on what they might want to purchase. Sounds so, exciting. There's that. Yeah. 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 No big deal. Those no big two deal. massive <laughs> milestones <laughs> yeah. in the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And how about customers? Uh, you know, you're obviously getting customers faster and faster and faster. Um, are but, you look? Are you guys looking for employees? Are there are there yeah. salespeople you're looking for that might be you know watching this video and maybe should contact you or. I mean, I, the yeah. customers obviously they heard. They We're heard what you guys can do. We're looking for more new business. We're looking for the right kind of clients and customers that are, you know, uh, willing to learn new things. You know, try new methods of marketing and advertising. Um, you know, maybe they're not aware of exactly, or maybe they don't understand what we do as much, much less as being aware of it. But they're willing to learn because um, that's pretty cool and cutting edge what it is we're doing. And it takes that kind of appetite. But I'd say, you know, programmers, we're definitely looking for really good quality programmers. We're growing a lot in the tech side of things. and Ad ops. Yeah, ad ops, yeah. Yeah, so those are ad traffickers. You know, we have... I'll never um, not say no to an awesome sales guy, too. I mean, just be honest. He's in charge of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. my thing. So we'll take his... If you can sell, you got a home yeah. right here at Media like, Channel. Yeah. If you can live, on, Al you can live yeah. on Altoids and Gatorade throughout the day, then I want you. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, love that. so That's guy I've heard that engineers, fresh right. breath and hydration. That's all sales guys need. <laughs> Full stack developers. Yeah. If you know React, you can come come talk to us. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of data science work as well, and um, and then ad operations, right? So those are all areas that we're growing. We've got um, some real significant campaigns we're starting in the first quarter, um, and so we're trying to you know just make sure we're. And executive assistants. We wouldn't mind a couple of good executive assistants. We're looking sure. for. Could use also, some uh, never can have enough. We need yeah. some, some legal representation. Right. I mean, just right. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. Like right, right after this. Right, yeah, right. Like, right. We're going to need that. Let me finish a few of these. And yeah, then okay. we need some real representation. <laughs> well, that's great, guys. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Uh, that yeah, I, got, I, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. You first. Oh, no, you no, jumped it's my, up first. It's my turn. Okay. Yeah, yeah your turn. So we were uh, at MJ BizCom last week, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Two weeks yeah. ago. Times seems, times been blurry. Like yesterday. Um, and uh, I think I've noticed when I'm in Vegas is there's like two types of billboards, and they have a lot of billboards in Vegas. Oh, personal right? injury it's, attorneys. It's either like yeah, a comedian or a Liberace or well, not Liberace obviously, but something along those lines. And personal like. Does nobody know how to drive in Vegas? It's just, is it constant car deal? accidents? It's constant car accidents. Why aren't you in Vegas? I put my seat all out, but I guess that's, that's a mystery that you could, could answer for an attorney. That would be amazing because just like running towards the marijuana business, another way that you guys you do whatever you want, but one way that, that hasn't been done effectively other than just throwing mass amounts of money of it is personal injury. Attorneys that do personal injury work 
have to inevitably pay so much more. It's almost like six times a lead for almost any kind of other lead that you do as an mm-hmm. attorney. So billboards, so I think, are. Vegas right. I think billboards are huge. I, personal injury attorneys can't spend enough on advertisement. It's amazing because they they might not have staff. They might not even have a you know a law clerk or a paralegal, but. They've yeah, got two hundred foot billboard. Yeah, right, right. So two hundred thousand dollars advertisement, no money in staff. Hi- it's amazing. Yeah. I want to hijack this opportunity to actually to explain from a layman's terms. That's exactly what we do digitally. Those billboards that everybody on the freeway sees, for that attorney that needs help, a fraction, a half a fraction of a fraction maybe of them might be that attorney's client. What we're actually doing at Media Gel is taking that billboard in a sense and putting it on the phone in an ad format only for the people that are interested or needing a service like that. So rather than putting up a billboard and having a bunch of people see it that aren't your clients or potential customers, we're taking that billboard and putting it on a phone and only the people that are your future clients or potential customers are seeing it. You know, it's amazing. So I'm just saying that just because it was a good opportunity to explain. No, no, absolutely. super lame. That's what we're doing. And I think I can further that point a little bit more because it's amazing for me. I've negotiated out some. By the way, that's sales 101. See, I just brought that right back to what we do. That is gorgeous. But I'm a sales guy and you understand what I just did. Let me revalidate that. I'll stamp that right now. Page me. It's amazing because I have negotiated out billboard uh, leases with owners of buildings. Um, I don't even know. They're not that, that much. They're They've gone way good. down. And here's the thing. If you ever go to Times Square, it, it's sad because they have all these beautiful ads, all this stuff going on. Boom, 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 all this. No one's looking at it. Everybody's looking at their phone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Even so so people TV. on billboards, Even it's always amazing TV. to me. It's like, yeah. it's great that you're there, but it's almost like they're preying on your subconscious, you know, because... Consciously, people driving down the 15 aren't staring at a personal injury attorney unless unless there's something really cool going yeah. on on that side. And, then, right. and even then, are they creating new customers cre- right. by distracting right. drivers? Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. it. There's flashing lights. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of a good way to explain what it is we're doing. Right. Right. Uh, we know how to find the customers you're looking for. Right. And there's a good little. Person. Right. Well, there's there's SWAT and then there's a tactical team. Yeah. You know, there, there's a difference between. You know, hey, I'm just gonna just throw it out yeah, there. If I throw enough approach, out there, you know, yeah, right. It's a bad right. example these days. Well, it's not a bad example. You There's a sniper and a shotgun. Yeah, I'm gonna right? throw a bunch of rice <laughs> versus I'm gonna throw a hot dog. Right. 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 That's also terrible. We're not actually improving eventually. Yeah. I have a, you have a bicycle and a snake. Let's what? pick two random words and put them together. One's alive, one's alive. Well, but I know with a hot dog, I can hit you, is my point. I don't Rice, know. Rice, I you? may barely. Yeah, I can hit you with a hot dog. Maybe I think where he's trying I, to go is. How many you, meters? Listen, let's not make this kinky. <laughs> I'm just saying, you want to challenge me, I'll throw a hot dog at you. Okay. About 85 miles an hour. I'm right on my hit you. Yeah, you, you can edit this. Uh, give me a hot dog, please. Well, it's amazing. Have you ever shot dogs in the freezer? That's a fact. Fucking. Definitely hit you with a corn dog. Have you ever shot uh, shot disc with a shotgun? Yeah, yeah. It just it implodes, yeah. and you're shooting in front of it. No, so it's a good example. Like, oh, it was, it. It was right. way easier than I thought. I it probably, was. Yeah. <laughs> Let's so, move on. Don't make me yeah. move apart. I mean, it's it's amazing the difference in in their approach, and and that's what it is. It really is about approach. Like if you can't figure out how to spe- spend your marketing dollars wisely, yeah. inevitably you're going to be out of business, or you're going to crush your profit. It, I mean, so, it's ROI 101. I mean, but, at the end of the day, you can spend 20 bucks to 
give a thousand impressions or you can spend whatever it costs on a billboard to hope you get maybe a thousand eyeballs. Well, well, another thing is, unfortunately, like in my business, we get a bad name because people will do dumb things. Attorneys will just charge them and get no results, charge them not call them back, do all that. In your business, the same thing. Like I'll get probably every week four or five different marketing calls and these people can't tell me anything about what they're doing. They don't know what they're selling to me. They know what's on the script and they're gonna read it to me. Yeah. And, and maybe if I have customers? some question, yeah, right. <laughs> we generate leads, how do you generate leads? Well, let me show you how we generate the leads. It's like, okay, that's fine. I understand they fill out a form, I'm obviously. I'm yeah, not stupid. It. There's a way that information comes to me, but, th- and thank you for teaching me like that. I mean, I guess most attorneys that you're calling are pretty stupid if they don't understand how it works, but where does this go? Who, who are you? attacking on the internet, where are you putting this in front of them where they want to click this and fill it out? I mean, is it somebody who's gone attorney shopping to 15 different attorneys via phone and via email and now they're just like, I'm at my wit's end, I'll fill out this form and and I'm getting it? Because that's not a lead, that's dead wood, right? So there's a difference in your industry, just like in mine, of what people can do for other people and unfortunately because there's a lot of crap out there, or people that don't really know their job or know their craft, it kind of gives us a bad name. So along those lines, tell me what you guys do to, to you know, show, to build that consumer confidence in an industry where it could have been shaken or it, anybody I know that's in sales or business has had somebody do their advertisement and, and not perform. Yeah, nothing. So, so generally speaking, maybe, maybe you're not dealing with a lack of consumer confidence, but I'm sure you do deal with a lot of that. What do you guys do to, to build that consumer confidence when they come to you? Right, so there's, Two things, and I want to back up to something that you said earlier about um, attorneys that have all of their budget on a billboard or a series of billboards and no staff. Right. Right. So that's that's a suboptimal setup for your company because you know if you've spent all of your money on advertising that is not efficient for you, now you don't have the people inside of your organization that you need to operate better and serve your customers better. Right have more, if you, you could have two more assistants or clerks, or I don't really know the makeup yeah, yeah. of a law enough. firm, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you could have employed those people to serve your customers better and be better at your job and, and still have gotten in front of the same number of people without necessarily buying the billboard or, or overspending on TV advertising, for example. Right? And so, you know, the value proposition we try to explain is that instead of spending, you know, instead of buying a million impressions where you're going to get 0.025% of those people that click on your ad and even fewer of those that will connect with you, we'll just find the audience that you want and serve ads only to them, right? So instead of buying a million impressions, let's buy 100,000 impressions and then get a 0.2% conversion rate. And so your overall ad spend has gone down by 10x. You've got the same amount of leads and those leads have come from people that are more relevant to whatever it is your goals are. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's usually how we start the conversation. We have these tools to do precision targeting. Now that's step 1. Step 2 is you need to have good creative. And then step 3 is once they engage on the creative, they have to go somewhere and where they go whether it's a click to call, a coupon on their phone, a video that there has to be a way for them to to connect with you as a business owner and that has to work well right if you have a website that's not mobile optimized like 60 70 percent of most <laughs> traffic is all back and forth yeah, yeah. is all mobile now right? Yeah, right so you spend all that time and money on this campaign you're 
at the end of the day, your form where you put in your phone number is set up for text instead of phone numbers, right? Like right. you can do that on your, where you put the phone number in, you can make it the keypad instead of the keyboard. Right. Like little things like that will make a huge difference in your yeah, campaign. Especially with convert, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, I think a lot of agencies and businesses when it comes to marketing efforts, whether it's SEO or whatever, you know, they're quick to get the business. And what happens is they're not able to deliver any good good results. And so they're doing a lot of make goods or they're doing a lot of, you know, uh, extensions on contracts or a lot of, you know, refunds. And when you're doing a lot of that, it's because you're not able to produce results. So we take the time to make sure our creative is good. We make sure that everything's optimized for the particular campaign efforts. And we make sure that everything's aligned so that the greatest chance of success is there based on whatever it is we had to do with. Because we're in the business of offering results, not refunds. Right. Right. And we have a client right now. Right. There's that, two R's, right? Yeah. Results and refunds. And, and I say that because we have right. a client that we're working with right now that one of the reasons they came to us is their current marketing uh, agency that they, that they work with, you know, for whatever reason or another, continues to offer refunds or make goods or assign account managers to new account managers, whatever it is, in order to keep their business, but they're failing to produce results, whereas what we're doing is producing results, and they're starting to see that, look, refunds are great because you're not wasting your money, but you're not, you're paying them to get results, and you're looking for results from them, you know, from them, and those results allow you to, you know, have business continuity and convert leads and then have referrals and all those things, so you know, we're happy to take your money. We just want to keep it because we're offering you results and therefore it's a good value spending yeah. with us. Right. And as long as everybody's getting a good value, then you're happy and you keep working with us and vice versa. Well, in the legal profession, it's amazing that you brought that up because it, it made me think of, you know, different account managers. There's a company called Thompson Reuters and it's Law Info and I think they do fine law. I, I think they own the whole gambit at this point. Reuters, maybe maybe right, not but, Avo, yeah. but mass majority of the big ones. And their whole platform is, well, just Google anything and we'll pop up there first. Yeah, because you're so big and yeah. you're so widespread and, you know, and, and it is. Uh, you know, I had them for a while and they had different account managers every few months. And this guy's servicing me now and he'll come down there and ask me what he can sell. Basically, what they're selling me is because they have so much traffic on their website and they've optimized them, that right. people go through them to find me, which is great for them. Right. But I'm never going to be a standalone product without them. They're they're the you know the stilts holding Correct, me up, yeah. and so I I think that's where you miss the boat, and people don't understand that. Yes, there could be results from just that mass amount, like you were talking I about. I mean, such if a you want to talk to a company, then help you show up on search results. Just give us a call. <laughs> See now they're sales, right? Yeah. Is that how that yeah. works? Yeah, yeah. Good job, Jake. Look at that. Hey, so I, I wanted to ask you this. Now this is a little bit off topic, but I it was funny. I was the other day I was reading and I, just dying of laughter. I saw this article on an attorney, and I think it's probably one of the best things I've seen in a long time. They use their LinkedIn, which I think is a very undervalued space. I, I think LinkedIn is fantastic because it's professional people looking at stuff. But he had used his LinkedIn to write this. Um, let's just call it a complaint slash demand letter for like 400 bucks to this airline. And it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that said, come hire me as your attorney, right? It wasn't a direct, I'm pitching you. It was just yeah. like, look at this. And it was amazing. Like I have never laughed so hard in my life. I, I can't remember the attorney's name, but thank God, because it's only about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but it was amazing because he had just gone into just endless detail and legal positioning on people doing crappy customer service at an airline that clearly doesn't care about any of their customers. 
and I was just amazed by this. I, I just want to know from you guys, I, I know you guys are out there, you're looking at stuff, maybe it's something you guys have done, maybe it's something you've seen, you know, in the past any time. I was telling you about Red Bull, you know, we're not a, we're not, we don't, we just happen to sell energy drinks, we're a marketing company. Yeah. Uh, what have you guys seen that you just look at and you go, wow, that's a real creative ad, that's a real successful campaign? What is something that you've seen, whether it's, you know, early from being a child to, to now or any time in, in your lifetime that you've just kind of looked at it and been like, that's, that's really great work? Go ahead. I oh, know. You first. <laughs> um, off the top of my head, I'll go with something, you know, most recent that, and I don't watch as much programming as I do for the program as I, I love watching commercials. I always have. It's kind of maybe why we do what we do. But um, one of the more creative campaigns going on right now that I think is not only funny, but it's smart and it resonates and it's pretty well targeted is, um, well, a couple of them. One is Sling, if you've seen it for Sling TV. And they've got the whole Sling thing going on. It's just, it's cutting edge, it's smart, it's funny, and it's on point. And then the Jack in the Box commercials never fail to stay awesome, in my opinion. I mean, they continue to change and evolve, but they still stick to that cutting edge sort of sense of humor. They're indirectly, you know, going after that cannabis culture, uh, that entire demographic, whether they admit it or not. Um, I think the Scott's Miracle Grow campaign, you know, where they close every commercial with "It's the Grass Man," and a lot of folks don't realize that they're in the cannabis industry as well. Right. So I know there's some influence there. So more recently, those are you know three of the smarter ones that I enjoy. The greatest one ever is the Coca-Cola with Mean Joe Green. I'll never. Deny that. I have a picture of it in my living room because I'm a Steelers fan too, but that was just, you know, advertising at its finest, right. in my opinion. Right. Yeah, for me, my barometer with advertising happens on Halloween every year, which is when you go to a Halloween party and you see people that are dressed up as people from ads that were on TV, like whoever was doing that ad campaign has won for that year. Yeah. Like when you see like the progressive girl and like the Jake from State Farm. And like Mr. Clean. And Mr. Yeah. Clean, yeah. right? Any right. of those things, brownie right. guy, right. like that, yeah. that's right. just free market. Like they did their job so well that that message is now alive in the world and just continuing on without them, right? Dos Equis has been real good. Yeah. Most interesting man from, in the yeah, world. Yeah, like that's good. I was sad when he went to what, the moon, retired? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it's been I, fantastic. I do have one last question. Oh, absolutely. What in the hell did this cost us right here to sit with you for <laughs> an hour? I just want to know in advance on camera, what is this going to cost us? Zero dollars. All right. Hey, listen. I bought the coffee. coffee. <laughs> I bought the coffee today. It's true. We got free so, coffee. So you got that free coffee. True. Hey, yeah. my, our attorney is so good, he brings us coffee. <laughs> like, I mean, you tell me your attorney does that, and I'll call you a liar. <laughs> Anyways, hey, hey. Weston Logger right there. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys, for your time. Yeah. All right.